Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. I gotta tell you, the year 2020 just continues to remind us what a crazy, insane year. I mean, everything is just jacked up in 2020. Nothing makes sense. When you see DJ Stewart have his first hit after going 0 for 17, and his first hit is a home run against Garrett Cole, and then hits another home run in the same game, yep, I'm convinced. This is the Twilight Zone. Freaking crazy. (laughs) Uh, So much to go over. I definitely want to get into the trades a little later. Obviously, uh, uh, the important shit that came up with... The Orioles, unfortunately, saying bye to Castro and Givens, but it was a good deal. It was a good trade. Elias stepped up. I'm I'm happy about it. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Love to hear from you guys. What do you think about that? But uh, so far, very happy to see the Orioles won Saturday. Uh, they won Friday. They should have won the first game in Friday. But, hey, here we are. We're sitting so far. The Orioles beating the Yankees two out of three. Just some crazy shit, man. But Saturday, Garrett Cole comes to Baltimore. He's probably thinking, man, this is going to be an easy nine-inning game, in and out, done, get a quick win, off I go. I was watching the game with my wife, and I said, we might see history here. We might see like a 26-strikeout game, no hitter. I mean, the first few innings, it was just unfair. Ben McDonald, he really wasn't saying much. He was just laughing saying that this is ridiculous no matter who's in the box. Well, of course, Ryan Mountcastle is the first one to put the bat on the ball. Guy's amazing. So much fun to watch. But then DJ Stewart, when I saw him facing Garrett Cole, I laughed. I said, this ought to be funny to watch. Interesting. little enter- If there's going to be entertainment other than watching Garrett Cole just breeze through the lineup, it'll be funny watching DJ Stewart try to hit him. Boom! Home run. DJ Stewart. <laughs> And I'm not believing in anything yet. I see the tweets out there. He's back. Put him in the lineup. No, I don't, I'm not <laughs> not buying any stock into DJ Stewart yet. Reminds me a little bit of when uh, a couple years ago, Chris Davis hit three home runs in Pittsburgh. Same thing. Oh, he's back. One game doesn't mean shit. Even a broken watch is right twice a day. But good for DJ Stewart. Happy to see him. I mean, good kid. Like the kid. Never disliked him because of his character. He just wasn't a good baseball player. And and tonight, he gets two home runs. Fantastic. Good for DJ Stewart. Hopefully, he continues success and helps the Orioles to win there in the future. You know, seeing on the schedule that the Orioles have to face Garrett Cole after Santander, you hear, unfortunately, he's out. You're thinking, shit. Extremely sad news to hear about Santander with his oblique. That one's tough. That was a tough pill to swallow to hear about Anthony. But, hey, it's just part of the Orioles. You know, you hear Trey Mancini's down. What happens? You got people stepping up. Now you hear Santander is out. You have guys like DJ Stewart stepping up, and the Orioles wind up beating the Yankees 6-1. to 19 losses in a row against the Yankees. When the uh, Orioles had a doubleheader, they should have won Friday the first game. God dang it. That was so frustrating to watch. But 19 losses in a row against the Yankees. How the fuck does that happen? It's crazy. And out of those 19 games, what was it? The um, 
Yankees had, okay, for the Yankees beating us 19 in a row, eight and a half runs against our four and a half. They had an average of 300 to our 235. They had 63 home runs to our 28. And the ERA, they had 426 to our 818. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll lose 20 in a row, 19 in a row. Crazy. And the Yankees, I shouldn't say this because I talked about it last episode, how I need to shut my mouth about jinx and shit. So, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. All right. Next episode, I'll say what I was going to say because I don't want to jinx it. So, not even going to say it. Yeah, if, if the Orioles would have lost that second game on Friday, they would have had they would have tied some record from like 1726 or some shit like that. <laughs> like that far back. It's always funny when you see prior records right below what the Orioles are about to do and that record's like from 1926. It's like the Boston Fish Heads. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that team. Whatever. So, again, it's not a uh, record that you like to see, obviously, permanently in the books. That the Orioles couldn't beat the Yankees 19 times in a row, but you, you just, <laughs> I get it, Judge, Stanton, they're out, but at the end of the day, it's still the Yankees. And with the Orioles <laughs> down Santander, and, and it's a rebuild team, and they're not exactly uh, playing great baseball, didn't think this series they'd get one run, and I thought by now the Yankees would have had like eight home runs. So good for the Orioles. Uh, two out of three so far. Fantastic. I think they uh, finish up the series. Actually, I know for a fact tomorrow at 1 o'clock they finish it up. And Keegan Aiken, Saturday, eight strikeouts. He might be our next left-hander all-star pitcher. He is pitching his ass off. He's great. Looked fantastic. And uh, his changeup was just filthy, filthy changeup. And his last outing, he was, I think, at 80 pitches. And I think uh, tonight, he threw 91 pitches. So, Brandon Hyde keeping the faith slowly. Baby steps with him. But speaking of left-handed pitchers, and uh, by the way, uh, you can reach me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. trying to go through. There's so much I want to go over with you guys today. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter, at fullcountchaos. But John Means makes me a little nervous. Doesn't seem like he has that shutdown changeup anymore. And it's ironic. Since Means has added a few miles per hour on his velocity, he hasn't been able to have that shutdown inning. His changeup just doesn't seem to be fooling batters. And another thing that's ironic, Means said after his last outing, which, again, he gave up two home runs. He's got The home runs are getting out of hand with Means. But uh, he said that his changeup is better than it's been. I don't know where that's coming from. Maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong here, but again, his changeup seems a little off. He also said the fastball command was horrible. He said that's the worst fastball command he's ever had. So the poor guy's struggling, and he hasn't been able to get in that momentum this season. You know, he uh, was, wasn't feeling well in the beginning of the season. Then, of course, the awful news of his dad passing away. Missed a few outings with that, so he hasn't been able to get on a roll. And I'm already seeing people say, oh, he's a one-hit wonder. All right, calm down. We don't know that yet, but Means has given up two home runs in each of his last three starts. His ERA is 8-10 right now. He says the body feels good. He says he's confident. He says I can fix the fastball command. Uh, he says I don't see it being an issue very long. 
again, I just don't see his fastball being an issue. If he can get command on that 94-95 fastball, but his changeup last year just seemed like it would just fade like a foot outside the box, and batters were falling out of their shoes trying to swing, trying to hit the ball, trying to put the bat on the ball when that changeup was coming at him, and they looked ridiculous. But for some reason, this one, his changeup just floats right over the plate. His fastball, okay, he's losing a little bit of command, but, you know, the guy just hasn't been able to get on a roll. So hopefully uh, that, that happens. Again, a lot to go over. Love to hear from you guys. Love to hear from you guys on what you've learned this season. You know, just watching the Orioles in a 60-game season with the guys that we've watched play, uh, with, with the obstacles they've had to battle, love to hear from you guys. After this season, like, what did you guys learn? As of right now. Fuck it, what's it, uh, uh, September, first week of September? What are you guys thinking right now? If the season ended now, you say, you know what, I learned this. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Like to hear from you. All right, this is going to take about 20 seconds, maybe 25. Uh, BetOnline.ag. Sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball and the NBA are in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit BetOnline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, so Saturday night, great win for the Orioles, 6-1 to against Garrett Cole. I loved seeing all the tweets from the Yankee fans in the beginning. Oh, my God, it must be so embarrassing for the minor league Orioles to face Garrett Cole. Yep, he shit the bed. And as always, I'd love to hear from you guys pertaining to any shows, movies, anything that you've watched that you think I might be interested in or anybody else tuning in. Um, and i like to give you guys a heads up on uh, something new that I'm watching. Uh, and, and by the way, I've been binging The Office again. I think this might be the 10th time. <laughs> My wife and I, we, we love that show. I'm a huge fan of The Office. Like Anytime I'm having a bad day, I'll either watch an episode of that or watch bloopers of that show. I mean, it, it's just... I, other, Curb Your Enthusiasm may be the only other show that makes me laugh out loud as much as The Office does. Uh, but I tried Cobra Kai. Uh, for any late 80s or early 90s kids out there, of course, The Karate Kid. I loved all the Karate Kid movies. Uh, the remake with, who was it, Will Smith's son? I forgot his name, and Jackie Chan. That was pretty good as well. But uh, nothing like uh, Mr. Miyagi and Danielson tearing shit up. But Cobra Kai, um, if, if you don't know anything about it, it's on Netflix. It's uh, Johnny, the bad guy in the first Karate Kid. Uh, it shows him all grown up. <laughs> And I don't know why they make Johnny look like this semi-mentally challenged guy who, like, doesn't know what the internet is. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what the internet is. He doesn't know how to read websites. He, <laughs> I don't know why they made him like that because in the first one, yeah, he was a dick, but he was, like, apparently this smart kid who, uh, you know, his, his his family had a lot of money and he was just good at sports and... I don't know, but in this movie, they make it seem like he uh, was in a coma for 20 years and then wakes up and was like, what's the internet? 
What's that about? What is advertising? I don't understand what advertising is. I mean, I don't know. So I tried watching it, got through three episodes. It's all right. It's a little cornballish. You know, I don't know. It's not exactly going to change your life. But again, if you are a big fan of the Karate Kid back in the 80s, why not give it a try? It's entertaining. It'll. I might try it. I'm slowly. It took me a while to get through the first three episodes. So if anyone out there has seen it, and they wrapped it up. I think it's on the second season. And, of course, they wouldn't make the second one if the first one wasn't successful, I'm assuming. But if anyone out there has gone through the show and it's actually really good, keep me posted because I might put it down. I might walk away. I don't know. I'll give it one more chance. We'll see. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, Cobra Kai. I don't know. That's, that's basically all I've been watching lately and, and then binging The Office. And if you haven't watched The Office yet, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Come on. Tap into that. All right, another thing that's entertaining to watch. Ryan motherfucking Mountcastle. Holy hell. And I've got the same question as a lot of people have. What the hell took him so long to come up to play in the majors? Again, he's betting 347, three home runs, 10 RBIs, guys, OPS of 979. What happened? Wonder if he had COVID, nobody wanted to say anything. You know? <laughs> But I like how uh, Mountcastle said he still feels like he needs to prove himself, which, yeah, of course. I mean, no shit. Let's keep going. Keep doing it. Brandon Hyde said he's playing hungry, and it's fun to watch a guy come with hype playing with this much energy and this much confidence. I mean, the dude the other night, uh, Mountcastle, it's a routine ground ball to third base, and he outruns it. Routine ground ball. Friday night just is hauling ass down first base. You know, he plays every day. He's definitely a 30 home run, 80, 100 RBI guy, in my opinion. You know, he was, uh, like I said, he was the first guy to be able to hit uh, Cole on Saturday night. Also got a base hit to bring in a couple runs. It was awesome. And you know what else is awesome? Thank you, Lord No More, Cole Solcer. Oh, my God, that was brutal. Blew another one against Toronto. Man, we should have fucking swept Toronto. Well, they did win a game five to nothing, but we should have won three and a four. And I know that's always easy to say in sports. Oh, yeah, if we only scored more runs than the other team, we would have won. Yeah, no shit. That's how it works. But that's what the Orioles should have done. They had a chance to win each freaking game. Again, except for the five to nothing. But no Cole Salzer. He walked 14 batters in 16 innings this season. And I was having a conversation. Who would you rather have close a game for you? (laughs) Jim Johnson, Kevin Gregg, or Cole Salzer? If you had to pick one. You know, because Cole Solcer is happening right now and we witnessed it lately, you know, that that's the, um, you know, those feelings are fresh. So he's out of the question. But between uh, Jim Johnson and Kevin Gregg, that's I, I, like a coin toss. I probably would just go Jim Johnson. Fuck it. <laughs> but I finally, Brandon Hyde is like, all right. It's enough, you know, with Hunter Harvey coming back, which he's looked great. I'm sure that was a pretty easy decision to make. Just being like, all right, we're done. No more. But the first game on Friday, so goddamn irritating. One for 12, runners in scoring position, left on base, 11. That's not going to win you many games, even though they had the winning run at third base. And they didn't do it. Uh, Cedric Mullins hits a dinger. I mean, he crushed it. It's like the uh, (laughs) second swing of the game. It's just, you know, right center field. Yeah, right center field. Uh, ben McDonald said it went four rows back. Now, that ball went about 11 or 12 back there. 
I don't think he saw the ball where it landed. And in center field, I, I got to say, Mullins is looking good. He's also making these catches look easy. Hopefully, you know, when Austin Hayes comes back, you know, he better be on his A game when he returns. <laughs> no, I think Austin Hayes, when he gets back, he's going to – his job will be there when when uh, when he's ready, you know. Cedric Mullins, he's got a ways to go to prove himself. I mean, last 15 games, Mullins is batting 292 with 14 hits. So that's good. And again, he's I love him in center field. He's so fast. And so is Austin Hayes. So if Mullins can continue to be a successful fourth outfielder, it's going to be great. And we got to watch Eshelman. Ooh, God, that guy makes me nervous, man. The 86 fastball. Those kind of pitchers, you have to be on your A game perfect. And I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say. You know, anybody who's playing, uh, who's being a pitcher, yeah, yeah, of course, you always got to be on your A game. But he's got to be 100% perfect. He's got to hit the glove on every single spot. He one mistake, and it's going to be one to nothing with one swing. When you throw it, you know, an eighty-three mile per hour ball over the plate, it's not going to stay inside the park. So three walks after two innings. Hyde said, "I've seen enough," and he rarely walks batters. So you know, having three walks in two innings, you're like, "What the hell happened?" But on the other side, we rarely see him in any trouble. So when he gets in a little bit of trouble, and he's like, "Oh shit." I guess that's what happens. He kind of melts down a little bit. Uh, and then we see Nunez. He crushed one in center field. And uh, they tie the game up. And, uh, the, you know, the Orioles left the bases loaded in the sixth and the eighth. And then the Yankees win it in the ninth. Chapman, one of the biggest piece of shit human beings ever. He's somebody that if I did see him or walk by him, I would talk so much shit. I don't care how big he is. Let him hit me. Oh, I'd, I'd sue his ass. <laughs> I know it's a bitch thing to say. If I talk shit and he hits me, I'm suing him. But whatever. He's a he's a piece of shit. You know, and uh, I'm glad that they the, the league decided to give him three games. If you didn't hear, you should go on, uh, uh, check it out. It's all over YouTube and Twitter. Still, People are still talking about it. But when those two teams play, there's some drama that happens now. It's fun to watch those two go back and forth. The Rays, man, they're just a good fucking team now. They know their shit. People are like, man, I, I don't know why the Rays got rid of uh, Cole Sulcer. Well, now we know. The Rays got, they have their shit together when it comes to pitching. With their scouting reports and everything, they know what they're doing. So when they got rid of Cole Sulcer, it's like, all right, hopefully their garbage is our gold. But no, that didn't work out. But anyway, uh, uh, the piece of shit threw it uh, 100 miles per hour. Chapman throws 100 miles per hour at, uh, who was it who was batting? It was Mike Brasso's bat, and, and he probably saw his life flash before his eyes. It was 101, not 100, but whatever, same thing. Comes right at his head. And you know, it's always so funny when this kind of shit happens. The fan, like the fans of the Astro, uh, the fans of the Houston Astros have a million excuses of why they didn't do anything wrong. And then you see the Yankee fans talking about why Chapman didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, look, I guess just fans sticking up for their team. But this piece of shit throws 101 at someone's head, and people are, and Yankee fans are like, I don't understand why he's getting suspended. And then even Ben McDonald was going back and forth with Scott Garceau when they were talking about it. And Ben's like, What? People can't throw inside now? It's like, Ben, you got to be, you got to be shitting me right now. And I know Ben McDonald, he used to be a pitcher, and most pitchers are on the other side of the argument when they see people talking about other pitchers throwing inside. But Ben should have known the background, the, the story, and, and all the bullshit baggage between the Yankees and the Rays lately. Not the best time. 
to be throwing 101 miles per hour at somebody's head. And for Ben not to realize that, that was a little odd. And people out there who are saying, oh, this happens all the time with Chapman. Ball gets away. Bullshit. He's got enough control to not throw 100 miles per hour over somebody's ear. So that's a bunch of bullshit. And that's not good. You you could end somebody's career. You could end somebody's life when you have that much oomph behind a pitch. And you use it to headhunt. Throw down at their ass. At their ribs. But when you throw at somebody's head, you're out of there. You got to get the suspend that motherfucker. And Kevin Cash was pissed. He was going off on the Yankees and their coaches. It basically reminded me of the scene from Half Baked. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. So Kevin Cash says it's absolutely ridiculous. He says it was mishandled by the Yankees. Certainly the pitcher on the mound. It was mishandled by the umpires. He said somebody has to be accountable. And then he just goes rogue. He says, the last thing I'll say on it is I got a whole damn stable full of guys that throw 98 miles per hour, period. And then the uh, Yankee players are like, oh, that's a threat. I don't know why he would say that. Fuck you, dude. If I saw someone throw 101 at one of my players, I'd probably say the same thing. And you don't see too many managers these days get fired up like that. So going back and forth with the Rays and the Yankees, since 2018, Rays, 18 players hit. 14 Yankees hitters hit. All right, I want to move on from this piece of shit, Chapman. I do want to talk about the Orioles' trades and what came up this past week. But before I do that, gentlemen, I want to hook you up. Change your life for the better. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Manscaped.com. I'm going to explain to you in just a second here how I'm going to hook you up. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. Ball bag. You don't want to snag the bag, gentlemen. I know how that feels. That fucking hurts. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat. They also... Listen up. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you will also find Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. Now listen up. Here it is. 20% off. Listeners of the show gets 20% off and free shipping with the arm code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. All right, so a lot has happened uh, with the... We're going to move on from talking about that garbage asshole. Hopefully he gets every three days of his suspension or whatever they gave him. So anyway, uh, moving on to back to the Orioles, something that uh, I enjoy talking about. So friends were texting me, 
the day that we got rid of Givens. And they were upset. Like, I don't, I, why would they do that? Givens was pitching well, and I just kept writing back, yes, that's the point. That's why they traded him. <laughs> we're in a rebuild, folks. Every now and then, people forget. This is how things work out. Oh, he's got two Rockies top 20 prospects for Michael Givens. Now, Givens, he's 30 years old. He was drafted, if you don't, if you forget, he, he was drafted as a shortstop in the second round, 54th overall, 20, uh, 2009 draft. And uh, Orioles put Givens back at the setup role because he was struggling last season, trying to be the closer. 11 of 19 save opportunities. Not good. Uh, 2020, through his first 13 innings of work, uh, he was, what was he, at 138 ERA, even one whip. Michael Elias hit the buzzer and said, that's it, let's go, let's sell, 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 sell. Get him out of here. The Rockies handed over their number seven and number 14 prospect, Taryn Vavara, Vavra, said that wrong, Taryn Vavra. Seems like the Orioles have beaten a lot of guys that are uh, tough to pronounce their last name. Taryn Vavra, sounds like how uh, some people always pronounce Brett Favre's last name. People who aren't big sport fans acting like they saw the game. Yeah, man. How about that throw by Brett Favre? <laughs> uh, you mean Brett Favre? Yeah, whatever. Did you see the game? Uh, I did. You obviously didn't. But Taron Favre, 23 years old. Now he's uh, currently Orioles' number 13 prospect. Was drafted by the Rockies' third round switch hitter. And scouts say he's a line drive hitter, which is always good. With advanced bat-to-ball skills, they say, who walked as often as he struck out last year. Uh, switch hitter, his hitting talent has been on display in the year and a half since he was drafted, though he's only reached as high as A ball, but shit, you know, number 13 prospect, his number 14 prospect with the Rockies, bring it on, let's go. Tyler Nevin, he won a batting title in the Arizona Fall League two years ago, he's the other guy that we got, he hit 13 home runs in double A last year, he started at third base, so I, I you know, these guys are, are, are guys that the Orioles can use. Why not? They're infielders. Let's go. Bring them up. <laughs> bring them up now. Every time there's a new kid that they get, you know, and they do really well. It's like, bring them up. Um, Tommy Malone, uh, Mike Elias, he, uh, two uh, players to be named later, which, again, if you're not aware of what that means, it's basically – if they're not on the uh, 60-man roster, which, of course, doesn't mean a damn thing just because they're not on that roster. It doesn't mean that was a bad trade. But anytime they say player to be named later, again, it's because they're not on the 60-man roster. you got to wait for the uh, season to end and, and go from there. But then Tommy Malone, so he goes on the Braves, and the Braves are like, all right, Tommy, throw this jersey on. Step up. You're next. Boy, boy, does he shit the bed. His first outing with the Braves did not go well. Malone came out to pitch for him, pitched two and a third innings, eight hits, seven runs, seven earned runs, two home runs. Now Ziari's 568. So, of course, Atlanta fans are like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Welcome to Atlanta, Tommy. But he'll figure shit out. You know, who knows? It's a, uh, just a, uh, uh, one of those things, man, you know. He'll get it together. Miguel Castro for the Mets. Kevin Smith, number 12 prospect for the Orioles. Uh, Kevin Smith, actor, director, comedian, and podcaster, posted on Twitter that he <laughs> he had to, of course, if you don't know who the actor Kevin Smith is, look him up. He, he's very famous. Uh, if you ever, I think he got his uh, popularity with writing Clerks and Mallrats. With Mall, Mallrats is great. Clerks I never liked. 
I think maybe the black and white fooled people, and they're like, ooh, very artsy. Whatever. Anyway, so Kevin Smith, the actor, had to come out on Twitter and say, look, guys, I'm not the one. Whoever this Kevin Smith guy who's playing for the Orioles, I wish him the best of luck. But it ain't me. It's not me. So apparently people were tweeting Kevin Smith, the comedian actor, and saying, hey, good luck. (laughs) Good luck with the Orioles. Wasn't him. But I will miss Castro. I mean, he had some... You know, he would come out on some games and you'd be like, holy shit, his stuff is nasty. If he continued to somehow work this out, he's going to be a filthy pitcher, but he struggled a little bit this year. But the Orioles get Kevin Smith, six foot five left-hander. He reached double-A last season. He was New York's number 12 prospect. And, uh, you know, is a, uh, what was he drafted? I think, yeah, seventh round. From University of Georgia in 2018, then posted a 315 ERA with 130 strikeouts in 117 innings. Not bad, man. That was in 2019 across two levels. And then, uh, so here he is. And then, so we trade Castro for Kevin Smith. The Mets were already playing. And then Castro runs across the field, puts on a Mets jersey, and then comes out and faces the Orioles. Just like, what the, this year is so crazy. That's when the Orioles unfortunately lost against the Mets nine to five, or is it nine to three? So Cole Sulcer again reminded Hyde, like, yeah, this guy, he just he's is not working out. So the Orioles making trades, man, continuing trying to make this team better for the future, trying to make it better now. You know, one of the guys I, I hope that we continue to keep keep running out on this field is Jose Iglesias. Guy's <laughs> batting four hundred right now. Doesn't have a dinger yet, but it's coming. But uh, he made he made a great play against Toronto. It was that Monday when we beat Toronto in extras? And it reminded me of the Derek Jeter play. But he comes across the field. Santander throws it in. There's no cutoff guy. And Jose just comes out of the blue, picks up the ball, throws it home. And they tag him. And the Orioles win because they're sending the runner home. But Scott Garceau, I don't know if he got a good look on the play. That was just a, one of the most exciting plays of the season. And I noticed a lot of people were saying that on Twitter as well. Like, damn, Scott, you didn't make that sound fun at all. Scott was just kind of like, throw to home. Blue Jays are sending him. He's out. Orioles win. I'm just sitting there watching the TV. You know, I'm I'm celebrating. But I'm also thinking like, damn, Garso, what the hell are you looking at? So that was kind of odd. You know, if it was Kevin Brown or anybody else, Jeff Arnold, uh, Ben McDonald, shit, Gary Thorne, of course, you know, they, they would all be making that shit exciting. So I don't I don't know what happened there. I think Garso sometimes just, he looks up from his crossword puzzles and starts making the call. Uh, Tuesday, I swear, I think the first two innings took over an hour long. Wojciechowski, his slider just hangs up in the air way too long. He had five strikeouts, though, but... First time this season, he finishes five innings, which was good to see. But my God, as the innings go on, he just needs to get rid of that slider. Just continue to try to dart your fastballs on the outside, inside of the plate. I don't know. He just starts getting tired and he (laughs) just shit starts falling apart. Uh, Last time he faced the Mets was in relief back in 2017. He gave up three runs, three hits and pitched two and a thirds of the inning. So I guess that was the only time he was really familiar with them. Vileki goes four for four. Guy's a beast. I'm telling you, these guys are just picking up, picking up the pieces that are broken. You know, right now with Trey Mancini and now Santander, these guys are coming through. 
And uh, speaking of Santander, he he hit one. He had a line drive Tuesday home run that I thought was going to hit the warning track and then bounce up against the wall and he get a double. That shit went over the wall. And he has so much strength. But when you saw him uh, Friday swinging a miss on one of those pitch, oh, that was brutal because you knew exactly what happened. You see him just make that face that he was just in pain. And as soon as that happened, not good. That was rough. Uh, so, you know, that, that's gonna, it's, it's going to be tough not having him in the lineup. But if guys like TJ Stewart, what he did Saturday against Cole, can continue to do that, fuck it. Let's go. Keep it moving. Uh, Wednesday, lost 9-4. to four. Uh, that, that, game, that, that game was done fast. Like I was talking about with the, uh, or it's nine to four. I said nine to three, but again, that was a game where we learned that Cole Sulcer still sucks, <laughs> but John means he gives up two dingers. Yeah. I'm a little concerned for him. Again, he, he has a lot that happened this year. A lot of baggage. He's just trying to get his shit together, get on a momentum. So if, if John means can get his shit together and Keegan A can continue to be a, a strong left-handed pitcher, and we can start seeing some of the, the guys uh, down south come up. Bring them up. Dean Kremer, Zach Lowther, you know, those guys. Kevin Smith, come on up. Let's go. Let's, uh, let, let's get this party started. I want to see some of these pitchers come up and next year or whenever and just start getting this rotation, getting it strong. Because guys like uh, Wojciechowski that we see run out every five games, that, that's, that's a tough one. Ashelman. I, I don't know. Hyde's not even announcing. Obviously, when you're tuned into this podcast episode, Sunday's game, pro- I'm sure, already happened. But Hyde on Saturday, he didn't announce the pitcher. He said, I'll announce it on Sunday. I'll let you know. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe uh, we're going to see a reliever every two innings. Start doing that kind of shit. So anyway, again, the year 2020 is just continues to remind us just crazy shit happens. That's why we love sports. You never know what's going to happen. So I say it every time, every week before I wrap it up, I I love hearing from you guys. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. How do you feel about this year? What's on your mind? If the season ended today, what did you learn? At the end of the season, you say, you know what? This is what I learned. Love to hear from you guys. Till next time.